0: Alhamdulillah, لله الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات وبفضله the الخيرات والبركات the تتحقق المقاصد the والحمد لله المنعم المحسن الديان بالفضل والجود والإحسان بالكرم والمغفرة والامتنان وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَلَّذِي أَرْسَلَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَدَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ مُنِيرًا ثم أَمَّا بعد. My dearest brothers and sisters, we begin by thanking Allah Azza who gave each one of us the tawfiq to experience the month of Ramadan. He gave all of us the tawfiq to enter the blessed month of Ramadan and he also gave us the tawfiq to exit the month of Ramadan. We begin today's khutbah by showing sincere appreciation to our khaliq, our sustainer, for his infinite mercy upon his servants, for his infinite mercy upon each one of us. <speaking in> Rabbana <Hebrew> My dearest brothers and sisters, we ask Allah Azza wa jal that he gives us tawfiq so that we're able to show commitment and dedication just the way we did in the month of Ramadan. We ask for his intervention, his aid, his assistance in the coming months so that we can worship our Lord, we can worship our Khaliq with commitment and dedication just the way we did in the month of Ramadan. It's so nice to see many of you. After the month of Ramadan, many of you disappeared, but it's good to have you back on the day of Friday. We make dua that those of us who were committed in the month of Ramadan, we can maintain this consistency outside of the month of Ramadan. Just the way we understand the value of coming to Jum'ah, which is wajib, we also need to understand the value of joining the congregational prayer for the men in the masjid. All of you showed excellent commitment in the month of Ramadan. We want to continue with that, inshallah outside of the month of Ramadan. And that was the idea, the spiritual boost that we attained in the month of Ramadan. We were supposed to take that with us outside of the month of Ramadan. So we ask for the aum of Allah Azza wa jal. If Allah doesn't give us the tawfiq, then we're not able to do that. But a sign that our a'mal is accepted and we mentioned this on numerous occasions, is that Allah gives us the tawfiq to worship him, not only in Ramadan, outside of the month of Ramadan. And this is a sign that Allah has accepted our deeds. And I mentioned the statement of Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala, on numerous occasions, just as a reminder, Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, the person who does a good deed, a person who does amal to please Allah Azza wa Jal wa faragha minha And they were able to complete it قبولها, A sign that is being accepted is There is continuation outside of the month of Ramadan So let us continue that habit that we had in the month of Ramadan. This is not the topic, but this was the introduction which serves as a reminder for each one of us to come to the house of Allah, Azza wa Jal, maintain that quality that we had in the month of Ramadan so that moving forward, we're able to showcase and illustrate and demonstrate to Allah, Azza wa Jal our commitment in pleasing Him, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, the topic that I have brought to surface today after seeing a WhatsApp status from a brother and my topic was really to speak about continuation after Ramadan but on the way to the masjid I changed the topic after seeing a status that was put up by a brother. And I'm going to read the status to you so that you get an idea of what I'm going to be talking about and how important this topic is. This is a teacher, a sister, who really expressed her feelings and this is a woman who teaches in a predominantly Muslim school. And she says, as a teacher in the UK, this is her words. Sometimes I wonder if I'm part of the problem or part of the solution. Today, I had to sit through two hours of staff training on how to teach our children pornography. There was nothing visual, but more mental influence. Please listen to her words. This is a teacher who teaches in a Muslim school. And she said about 70% of the students attending are Muslims. Next week, we have a drop-down day in school for LGBTQ. This means a whole day of just talking and celebrating pride, activities, and even and even bringing drag queens, etc. I saw the teaching learning resources today, and it horrified me. I'm debating whether to take the day off, but then what will happen to the Muslim students under my care? My school has majority students, which are approximately 70%. This is worrying brothers and sisters. This is a teacher who works in one of the state schools and she is expressing how she feels as a teacher and the things that she is seeing. So us as Muslims living in the West, we are the minority, we are experiencing many challenges. You see, when our fathers came here in the 50s and the 60s, the set of challenges that they faced, they had a whole set of challenges. But now we have a different host of challenges. And from amongst those challenges, my dear brothers and sisters, is the education system. That our children, they spend approximately seven hours in school, six hours, seven hours, eight hours. But how much of that do they spend at home? By the time they get home, they're tired, they're resting, they're playing, and then they go to sleep. So we're not spending enough time with them in comparison to the time that they're spending in school or secondary school, primary school, or even college. So, you see, the influence, the external influence or the influence that is affecting them from school is greater because we're not nurturing them, we're not teaching them, we're not guiding them enough. Why? Number one, because we don't have much time in our hands. Many of us, we don't give the importance to our children. And this is one of the main challenges that we're facing, brothers and sisters, living in Western countries as minorities from amongst the challenges is... Our children and many of them unfortunately are very confused many of them are losing their faith you see we live in a society where we're surrounded by people from different faith people of no faith people who have a problem with faith people who question other people's faith and people who hate other people's faith so this is the kind of society that we're living in and our children are in the midst of this society So now take a moment and think, they're growing up, they're seeing all of this, this is all apparent, visible to them. What do you expect? Many of them are going to be confused. And many of them are questioning their faith. Many of them are even leaving Islam. So we as parents, brothers and sisters, after reading this message, I thought, no, we need a reminder regarding us as parents and our responsibility remember as a father as a mother you're the leader in the family and don't tell any don't let anybody else dictate how you should look after your children you're the one who gave birth my sister my brother you're the father it's your child you decide how your son or daughter grows up it's your child don't let anybody else dictate that for you because if you do then we'll have a generation who have lost their faith We'll have a generation who are doing all of those things that are immoral and indecent, doing all of those things that are contrary to the teaching, the pure teaching of our religion. So as leaders, a good leader is a person who takes ownership. So as a father, as a mother, I need to take ownership of my children. I need to take that responsibility to nurture them and to guide them. And this is why I always say to parents, sex education begins at home. That you as a father, you need to teach your son, you need to teach your daughter. As a mother, you need to have that conversation with your daughter before they get to a place where they're taught sex education. That you need to give them the Islamic perspective. 20-30 <laughs> years ago or even let's say 15 years ago. You couldn't sit with your father and speak about these things. Why? Because Alhamdulillah, our religion teaches us other than and manners. These are the conversations maybe we didn't have with our parents. So we were relying on Others to teach us sex education. But now, we have to break that barrier. Befriend your child and be open and have that conversation. Because if you don't, someone else is going to give that information to your child, to your daughter, to your son. So we have to take that responsibility. It's my child, I need to take ownership. It is my son, my daughter. I have to take ownership. I have to have that frank, open discussion with them and tell them as part of their growing up. The things that they need to know. But what is unfortunate is many of the schools that we see at a tender age, our children are being exposed to this filth. Pornography and all of this filth is being exposed to them at such a tender age. And then you have mobile phones that are open. No restriction whatsoever. That a young boy, young girl has access to whatever they want. They can go to Google and search for whatever they want. So we have to take ownership brothers and sisters and let us take this matter very seriously or we're going to have a generation, a confused generation and many of the youth that we speak with, not all of them, many of them, subhanallah, the questions that they bring to us, the questions that they bring forth, it's worrying because many of them are questioning the deen, questioning their faith, questioning Allah, questioning Islam, why? Because we as parents, we haven't fulfilled our responsibility, we haven't taken ownership. All we're concerned about is money, 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 thinking that we're going to give them happiness through money. But what they need is our time. What they need is our presence. What they need is our love, comfort, affection, our attention. And we're not giving all of those things. We're giving something else to them. And in the process, many of us may be losing our children. And an example is, if you as a father, you fail to nurture your son, You as a mother, you fail to nurture your daughter and you don't speak with them, you don't give them time, you don't give them affection and they're not raised under your wings the way they should have been. Then, brothers and sisters, take a moment and think, when your son gets married or your daughter gets married and they have children, they're going to be half Muslims. Your son and your daughter is going to be half Muslim and then your grandchildren are going to be quarter Muslim. And their children are going to be zero Muslim. So somewhere down your family line, there's going to be a generation yet to come who have no faith. They are no longer Muslims. May Allah Azza wa Jalla protect us. All because you as a father, you failed. You as a mother, you failed. That is the consequence. No one else to blame. And how many times we have mentioned Ibrahim Alayhi salam and what he said when Allah Azza wa Jalla honored him. When Allah Azza wa Jal put him through many, many, many tests. رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ Allah Azza wa Jal put him through many, many tests. And he completed all of them. Allah Azza wa Jal says, اني Nasi إِمَامًا We're going to give you the medal. We're going to give you honor. Why? Because he went through the rigorous testing. But look at his response. The very first thing he said was, Wa min abna'i? No. He said, Wa min He could have said, Wa min abna'i. Ibrahim and Ishaq and Ismail, he could have said, is- Ismail and Ishaq, his children. But he uses the term, Wa min And there is a difference between abna'i and dhuriyati. Abna'i is your immediate children. He wasn't just thinking about Ismail السلام, and Ishaq. He says, Wa min ba'da Generation after generation yet to come, Ya Allah, what is going to happen to them? That was his response. He was concerned about those that are yet to come. And this is why he made the dua, salati wa min Rabbana wa taqabbal du'a." He made dua that, Oh Allah, make my progeny, those that are yet to come, make them people who bow down to me, who, who persuade me. Who, who are obedient servants. This is the dua Ibrahim made. What about us? What is happening with our children? Are we giving them time? Are we giving them affection? That's a question you need to ask yourself as a father, as a mother. And subhanallah, many of the ulama, many of the ulama, when they spoke about family planning, what is the hukum regarding النسل, and all of those masail, one of the things that they said in the very beginning of the chapter was that having children is the easy part if Allah Azza wa has ordained that for you but nurturing them and guiding them and teaching them is the hard part there is no point having 10 children if they're all going to become fusaq, fajir, fasiq. the ummah is not in need of big numbers numbers that come and do not benefit the ummah it is better for you to have one or two or three children are devout obedient servants of allah but we're having many children but we're not giving them sufficient time we're not exhausting our efforts and the time and the effort that we're supposed to be giving our children so what steps can we take brothers and sisters in order for us to ensure especially in this society that our children become good muslims good citizens and most importantly good representation of islam in this society That they, when they grow up and they become the change makers of society, that they are not looked down upon. They are people of good example, good manners, people of excellence. How can we transform them into such people? Number one, you as a father, you as a mother, lead by example. You have to display role model behavior in your speech, in your manners, in your code of conduct, in your dealings, when you're driving. Don't say something inappropriate because your son's going to see that. Your daughter's going to see that. It's going to impact them. Because you're giving them the license to do the same thing. If you open the window and swear at somebody, your son can see this. He's going to think, well, that's fine. He's going to do that in school. And then you're going to get called into school. Why? Because your son responded in a way that's inappropriate. And then your son says to you, well, I remember on the way back from Woodgreen to Tottenham, this is the very same thing that you did. And if your son says that, well, you have no answer. So we have to display role model behavior. At all times, be very conscious and alert, especially when we're around our children, husband and wife. Please, for the sake of Allahu Azzawajal, please do not argue in front of your children. The psychological impact that it can have on the children. My dearest brothers and sisters, the memories that will remain with the children is not just in their STM, it will remain in their ltm long-term memory growing up seeing parents constantly quarreling and fighting the impact that it has on a child go read upon it if you study behavioral studies then subhanallah you'll come to know how it impacts a child when he or she they constantly see their parents arguing they feel not needed in that house they feel there is no love and compassion in that house at that age when they need love, compassion, and attention. You're not giving any of that. You're too busy quarreling and fighting. So If you need to have a good run, go somewhere else. Go outside, away from your children. Let it out outside, not in front of the children. That is not good behavior. In front of our children, let us remain patient. It's not easy, but for the sake of the children. Number two, talk to them. Give them attention. Talk to them when you're in the car. You're driving, switch the radio off. Speak to your children, teach them because you're the university of life as a mother and father. You've preceded them 30 years, 20 years. There's so many things that you can teach them while you're driving. Teach them a dua while they're driving. All of these things that we learned from our parents. Use that time because you don't have much time with them. When they come back from school, they're tired. They go to sleep, you've gone to work. You don't have much time. The journey between two places. This is the time to use for you to Educate your children, teach them du'as, speak about life, speak about their responsibility, give them life skills. This is what they need. So that time, that journey, speak to them. Utilize that time. Share with them your experiences of life, what you did wrong, what you could have improved on. So these are the conversations that we need to have with our children. Number three, brothers and sisters, please do not leave your revision, your child's revision to the mum. The father also needs to sit with the daughter or the son and revise with the son and the daughter. Too often sisters come to us and they complain, the father is not to be seen. I'm doing all of the household duties and I'm sitting with him or her and I'm teaching them their homework or their their madrasa studies. The father equally needs to be present. There is certain things that the father needs to teach that the mother may not be teaching the mother needs to teach that the father may not be teaching. So equally, we need to ensure that we're present and visible in the child's life. When the maktab homework is given, please sit down with your child, show importance. Just because you failed, you didn't study properly, don't deprive your child, especially from Islamic education. When it comes to maths and science, so much importance is given and we've had this conversation numerous times. But when it comes to madrasa, we just drop them off for two and a half hours. And by the time we leave, After the term, we expect them to have graduated from Jamai al Islamia, This is the case with many. But you don't want to play your part at home. And then we're very quick to come and blame the sheikh or the imam or the ustad. Why isn't my son developing? Have you done your part? Have you taken the child and sat down with your child? No, you haven't. So it's a two-way street. We all need to invest. We spoke about sex education. The final point, and there are many points we want to discuss, brothers and sisters. Time is not going to let us. Give them responsible roles at home. As a young child, make them feel important. Give them responsible roles. Let them lead salah at home. Give them a task. If you're planning a family holiday, give them the responsibility to go and search for these holidays so that they feel that they're given attention. They feel important. And this will help you build your relationship with your children. Stop dictating. Too often we do this, do that, do this, do that. and. It doesn't really work because your relationship with your children, you're not in the army. Stand, sit, stand, sit. This is all robotic. It doesn't work when it comes to parenting. Parenting is an art. It's a skill. You have to learn it, how to nurture and develop your children. And this is why it's important that those of us who are planning to get married prior to getting married is very important. We learn about parenting. What is parenting? What is the role of a husband? What is the role of a wife? Not just getting married and then all of a sudden, right, you're swimming in the deep end. You don't know what to do. And then trouble, problems. Why? Because we don't understand how to parent properly. That itself is a skill. Don't just think, oh, okay, I've seen my father parent and that's okay, I need to know. No, you need to study and learn what parenting is, especially in this day and age. How can I be a good parent? How can I build a connection with my children? How can I protect them, save them, especially in the society that they're living in? So make your sons imams at home and give them that responsible role. If they make mistakes, you're there to correct them. Tell them to give adhan, tell them to give iqama. Subhanallah, with the exception of some of our Mu'ardin and the, the, the brothers who give the adhan, sometimes it's shocking that we may be on a journey with a few brothers and you say to one brother, give aqamah. All of a sudden, the brothers are struggling to give adhan. Many struggling to give aqamah. Basic things. If you can't give it, fine. And you don't want to learn it. That's your problem. You should. But don't deprive your son. Don't deprive your daughter from learning the deen. Teach them. So that they're not stuck. We don't want a generation who don't even know how to give adhan. Who don't know how to lead salat. SubhanAllah, you go to some of the universities, mashallah. If you go to the ISOF and the brothers who are leading these universities, especially the Islamic side to things. MashaAllah, you'll be shocked. Some of these young brothers who may not have gone to any of the Jamiah or madrasah when they're leading the salah in the, in, in, in the universities, when they're giving the Adhan and the iqamah, it's amazing. And we become hopeful that there will be a generation who, who who love Islam, who care about Islam. But many of them, they chose that path. Many of them, their parents are not practicing, but they went to university, they met some good brothers and they changed their life. But you as a father, you as a mother, you have failed. So invest in your children, brothers and sisters, especially in this society where we're going to have a generation who are losing their faith, they're confused about their sexual identity. And then we're going to have all of those challenges that we are already facing and many, many yet to come if we don't take ownership of our children, if we don't protect our children. And my final statement, as I said, do not let anyone dictate what to do with your children. It's your child, you decide. It is your child, your wife gave birth, and my sister, you gave birth. It is your child, you decide what you want to do with your child. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Most importantly, teach them to love Allah and teach them to follow the sunnah of Muhammad Place that seed in their heart from a very young age. If you fail to place the seed of Tawheed, oneness of Allah, and the Sunnah of Muhammad in their hearts from a very young age, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will fail. And you will have to face the consequences. And final point, brothers and sisters, please do not do anything haram in front of your children. Whether it's music, whether it's smoking, whether it's speaking inappropriately, all of this has an impact on your child. Don't take these things lightly. You might not see the consequences this year, next year, the year after, but sooner or later you're going to see the consequences of all of those things. Treat your child as an uncultivated land, ready to be cultivated. And you mold them, you shape them the way you want them, you want the, to shape them. Shape them with Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, and the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wa, alayhi wa اقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم المسلمين استغفر أمنهم ولسائر المسلمين بسم الله واستعانه الا به والحمد لله ولا ثَنَاءَ الا عليه واصلي واسلم على من بعث رحمه للعالمين صلوات الله تعالى عليه وعلى جميع النَّبِيِّينَ وعلى اله واصحابه الطيبين الطاهرين ومن صار على نهجه الى يوم ثم اما بعد الله ان الله تعالى امركم فيه وثن فيه الكرام فقال جل وعلا قولا كريما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وأنعم على أفضل الخلق وأكرم الرسل ورد الله ما عن الخلفاء الراشدين، الأئمة المهيدين، أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن سائر الصحابة وأن معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أرحم الراحمين، الله ما عز الإسلام والمسلمين، وأذل الشرك والمشركين، وارفع بفضلك كلمة الحق والدين، الله منصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم، الله أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان، الله ما أصلح أحوال الم مسلمين في كل أنحاء العالم. اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا ونصرنا على القوم الكافرين. اللهم إنا نسألك إيماناً كاملاً ويقيناً صادقاً ورزقاً حلالاً طيباً وتوبة قبل الموت وراحة عند الموت والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار. اللهم حبي بين الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكرر إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعشان وجعلنا من الراشدين. اللهم إنا Allahumma inna nas'aluka al-afwa wal-afwa wal wal-mu'afata al-daima fi al-dunya wal-afira Allahumma inna na'udu bika min munkarat al wal-a'mal wal-ahwaa ya rabbal al-alamin La ilaha illa Allah biha nahya wa biha namut wa biha nalqallah Bifadli subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salamun ala al-mursalina walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Wa